0: If you look at the World Cup as a whole so far, England have arguably been one of the more cohesive units. Seven points collected from three games, no real drama when it came to reaching the last 16. But that doesn't mean that overcoming the African champion Senegal will be easy because the Lions of Taranga roared impressively against Ecuador to reach the knockout phase. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. we've rotated the squad once again as you have to in a major tournament but it's another cap for mark o'hare uh, mark where are england at right now people will moan they always moan about players who aren't in the team or southgate being too boring all of this nonsense but where do you think they actually
1: are uh i think they're troddling on quite nicely um they're they
0: troddling along quite nicely. That is, <laughs>
1: that's an extraordinary. Words.
0: Right. Okay. I might have made it up. One. I don't know. No, <laughs> I like it. Troddling. Yes. England's troddling.
1: <laughs> just, just a little bit less than trundling. But um, okay.
0: Yeah, Good. Um, oh, I see what you've done. You've mixed up toddling and trundling. Great. Good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm using. Um, that. Thanks for highlighting that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean. <laughs> I think I saw a statistic. I'm not sure if this is if this is true, but they had their their best sort of goal scoring group stage at the World Cup ever um, at this current competition. Uh, I'm I think sure I saw course. that
0: as well. Yeah, I think that is right.
1: Yeah, which is bizarre considering they drew drew 0 nil with USA in between that. But um, yeah, I mean, what we've seen so far. I mean, you almost have to forget what we've seen earlier this year because it's irrelevant now. But um, in East competition, they took advantage of a disorganised Iran who probably had their heads elsewhere. On game one they looked very slick uh, very clinical as well um but then kind of Iran's victory over wales really kind of worked in their favor on match day two because it meant they went into that game against usa knowing that a point is is pretty much good enough to to qualify despite having to play wales in that last game because they were never going to lose by three or four goals to wales anyhow whether that had a, a bearing on their performance against the americans or not i'm not sure but they did have that safety net in their favor and then against wales just looked in control the whole time and took advantage of of the Welsh in the second half, really. Um, I think Southgate was heavily criticised and rightfully so for the USA performance and the, the lack of um, sort of tactical tweaking he did, particularly in that second half. Um, but I think against Wales, he probably got it right, really, with him. You know, he swapped his wingers around at half-time and tried to keep the team's width and it, it paid dividends. Um, this will be a trickier test, though. Um, I still expect them to pass it and pass it with relatively, yeah, relatively comfortably um, because Senegal... I liked them pre-tournament, even despite the Mane injury. Um, they've had a, a tricky test to come this way. Um, obviously, had to play the Netherlands, uh, which I thought they, they edged that game despite the defeat. Negotiated Qatar as you'd expected, uh, but really came to the fore against Ecuador. The issue I think now is that uh, Idrissa Gay is suspended. Uh, he's been one of their key players in a more advanced position for two of the three matches um, and losing him is, is a big blow really. Um, you know you look towards the attack they do have players of real promise and Jai who's had a, a great couple of years with Sheffield United has taken his opportunities in the team. Uh, Ismail Sar as we know um, has the ability to terrorize any defense but you know outside of that um, I think England will be feeling pretty confident about this match. Senegal are a, quite a competitive team they're, they're quite physical. They'll probably defend quite deep and, and try and plan the counter-attack and, and pack the metf- midfield. And they got, you know, a squad blessed with workhorses and destroyers, which will make life tr- tricky for England. But I just think the technical quality is, is absolutely in the England camp here. And, and the strength and depth, you know, we talk about which team he'll pick and who's going to be left in reserve. You know, the talent from that bench is really quite something. So England are around four to six on the opening show, which I thought was a... Uh, I wouldn't say a gift, but it was a, an absolutely outstanding price. Clearly, they've been backed in heavily since then. They're now probably around the right price, but I think you can get England to win and under three and a half goals. At 2.08 on the exchange, odds against, which uh, did stand out to me. I don't expect them to, to breeze this, but I think it should be enough of a, a win. You know, 1-0, 2-0, something like that really for, for England. Um, I won't steal his thunder, but uh, there's a nice price on Harry Maguire too, which, which I hope Stinch has, has picked out for this match.
0: Tipster and odds compiler Mark Stinchkum has just been previewed there is with us. Stinch, Senegal did really well against Ecuador. I think really confused Ecuador with just how many chances they created early on, as Ecuador got kind of stuck in that in that mode of should we dig in for a draw or not. And I was impressed with the way that Senegal, even after they got paid back, came up with an almost instant response. There's real determination in this team. You look at the way they came through the African Nations Cup final against Egypt. 0-0, won it on penalties. Exactly the same in the playoff against Egypt. Really tight, had to win it on penalties. They're a tough team to knock over.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't win the African Cup of Nations on on penalties, as you mentioned, and and qualify again uh, against a a decent Egypt team to get to the World Cup if you haven't got some... um, you know, it have that sort of core to with Koulibaly sort of leading them from, from the back um to play sort of backs against the Wolves football. Uh, knowing you've got sort of Saar and Mane on the break, obviously no Mane this time around. Um but I think they realise that they are sort of able to play play that game and, and still and still get through. I think I think probably England should look at this, probably similar to Um, The last Euros, albeit they're obviously on um, neutral territory compared to being at home, but see it as like a 120-minute match where you've got five subs. Obviously, you get the sixth one in extra time. And just try and take advantage of it that way. So go hard in the first 45. Uh, if you need to swap some players over at halftime, do that. Go hard again. Or at least keep things tight for the first hour. And then maybe play on the fact that you've got a better squad than, than Senegal. And then bring yeah. on the players and, and take advantage. Because at the end of the day... No, Sadio Mane is forty-five percent of Senegal's squad goals. So, here's a huge, huge miss. And I think we've seen that so far. You know, they it, they, they they weren't qualifying with with twenty minutes to go uh, in a group that contained you know Qatar uh, and a bad Holland. So, I think they may be fortunate in a way to to be here. But I think we're kind of right. Which which England are going to turn up? Is it the one, v Iran, v and Wales, or, or the one versus USA? I think. That's the sort of the tricky part of trying to punt this match, but I don't think they should be overawed by a side in Senegal that hasn't kept a clean sheet. They conceded over one expected goal against Qatar, which was which was a must-win game. So I think England should be able to create the chances, and you know Harry. Harry Kane still hasn't scored correct so like you know very similar to the Euros last last summer in that in that respect and also you know it's very good if you're not relying on one person to score the goals if you are sharing them around it means you've got threats from everywhere and you know, that England, England in reserve, it's, they've, you know, they've almost got two quality first 11s, haven't they, really? Uh, or at least in the forward areas. So they've got plenty of options to, to score the goals. So, yeah, I like, I like Mark's bet or the other one I looked was similar price England to winning over 1.5 goals, but probably Mark's is a bit better because I, probably will be quite cagey and tight but I think England ultimately should should come through i mean they're 4 to 9 and when you look at the fact that France are 2 to 9 against Poland and Argentina 1 to 7 against Australia suggests that you know perhaps England should be favoured a bit more heavily, especially with with the the Marnie absence. Uh, the bet I like the most here, though, um, unfortunately, there's no referee been appointed as of a time of recording. But was Senegal to pick up the most cards at five to six? England are yet to pick up a yellow this tournament, which I think is uh, is quite good. You know, it shows that they have uh, discipline, which is important. Especially you consider the game against USA, which is a little bit basketball at times. At times, England were sort of the team having to dig in and defend. And obviously, that normally would bring fouls and yellow cards. Uh, but yeah, yet to pick up a yellow card. And Senegal have collected six so far. Uh, Drissa Gay is suspended as a result of picking up two bookings. So he'll miss this one. But that means there'll that be a, a guy fresh in midfield to, to take a yellow card if, if needed. And I think I like this because I don't think it depends or I don't think game state should essentially dictate the outcome. So if England spend most of the game attacking, I think that means Senegal are likely to foul them. Uh, and I think if Senegal end up taking the lead, they'll foul them to try and protect the lead. So yeah, I just thought a five to six, that was that was quite nice. Obviously, the draw is a is a runner in that as well, but I think over, over 90 minutes, uh, I think it's got, I think it has got a better chance than five to six. I think maybe four to six, So I'll be happy to sort of back it down to.
0: I looked at the way Senegal defended set pieces at times against Ecuador and they looked a bit vulnerable in truth. And, you know, especially the Moises Caicedo goal, they were so static and you wouldn't think that makes sense with a guy like Koulibaly at the heart of defence but I do wonder whether you talked about Harry Maguire before in the tournament having efforts on goal I wonder if that's a road we might go down again
2: yeah I don't want to bore people because I think I've mentioned it twice now so maybe I'll hand over to Mark and he he can get excited on my behalf
0: oh go on Mark get excited (laughs) about Harry Maguire on Stinch's behalf
1: I just have to parrot out what you've already said, Kev. You know, there's has been vulnerabilities and that's Senegalese defence from dead ball situations and Harry Maguire is the most obvious um, target from, from England set pieces. So, um, you know, there's various ways you can try and play it. Um, I looked at Harry Maguire shot on target, which is five to two. The headed shot on target is 10 to three. So you're getting something a bit bigger there. But actually, I just think, why not just back him to score any time, which is trading at nine to one. Um, I think that's a big enough leap. If Maguire's getting a headed shot on target... It's most likely from a dead ball situation, and they can be pretty hard to stop. So, uh, if it's going on target, there's a good chance it's going to be um, difficult to stop. So, I'd I'd take the nine to one actually, rather than the the ten to three on the headed shot on target. Mark, would you?
2: Would you? Sorry, Kev, would you take the fourteen to one that he actually scores a header?
1: Yes, yes, that's a good find, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the proportion, the percentage of how many has been, he scores through his head through compared to his uh, either feet. But I'd imagine it's quite significantly favoured towards the head. So, yeah, that's a nice price, yeah. But you
0: are also forgetting his wonderful weaving run into the penalty (laughs) area against Wales. So, you know, you never know. We might have some kind of Ronaldinho-esque wonderful run from Harry Maguire. Uh, Punting's great philosopher, Jason Murphy, on the show. Jason, how are you approaching this one?
3: Yeah, it's very, very famous football coach, Al Pacino, said it's all about a game of inches. And uh, when we're pricing up stuff, we'll we compare Harry Maguire to the average centre-back. And you're just like, his he's numbers, like in terms of shots, um, particularly in an England jersey, is incredible. And if you wanted to be unkind, you might just say mathematically, it's the size of his head, that the ball has more chance of hitting it. The gravitational pull, probably, that the ball is just drawn to it. <laughs> Uh, but all the prices and the reasons the lads have outlined are definitely, definitely very, very valid. And you know, Mendy hasn't been in goal for Chelsea either. I think a goalkeeper dictates a lot about how a team feels defending set pieces, um, which is really, really important too. So th- there's definitely an angle there that the lads have have definitely put you put you onto, and definitely won't put anyone off it. Um, At the other end of the pitch, you can have a goalkeeper that's ranting and raving and going mental. And I still don't understand what he does be shouting about half the time. Like, we're talking about games of inches. I think Jordan Pickford over seven games could be the player that, like, just has that moment that costs England. He's six foot one. He doesn't look that on the TV. He looks smaller. But I always make this comparison. If you look at Courtois, six foot seven, and what he did in the Champions League final, he won Madrid the Champions League final he's a brilliant goalkeeper but physically he size. jordan pickford cannot do that and there's stats out there there's advanced goalkeeper metrics that show that jordan pickford is actually below average in terms of shot stopping over a very very large sample size so in a game of inches over seven games i can just see there being that one goal that you'll see pickford let in obviously now it won't be a costa rican little lob shot from the edge of the box but it'll be something like that that could happen and you'd be thinking that's dangerous. That let them down. Um, But as well, Gareth Sockeet's approach. We always talk about him being conservative, and have said very recently that like that approach doesn't win World Cups. And then I was just thinking about after Thursday night with Unai Simon in the goal for Spain in the way Spain play, and I always thinking I'm like that approach that to take. Like I think it doesn't matter how good a footballer you are, how good a professional goalkeeper you are, if you are pressed and pressed right. You will make mistakes, bar. Oh, he's
0: an accident waiting to happen. That yeah. guy, hundred percent,
3: absolutely. And I think the goal against Japan, like he did, get it out, um, out to the fullback who got pressed as well. I like, I, I, I don't necessarily blame him from the kick out. Unai on when he cleared the ball, but I thought he was terrible on the shot because if you look at the moment the ball is struck. He's jumped, he's elevated in the air, and that means the ball's already travelling and he's not in touch with the ground to move his feet to make the save. Um, So that's a concern. So, like, do you go with a goalkeeper that's too short and Jordan Pickford, do you go with a goalkeeper and get him to play away that maybe he can't? Like, the best in the world... I, I said any professional goalkeeper panics. Ederson is the only one that doesn't. I mean, he's ice in his veins, and that's why he's brilliant in the Man City team. But to bring it back to the point I was making... Playing out from the back like that is probably right over thirty-eight game season because you do it enough that it pays dividends and it's worthwhile and the cream rises to the top. But you do it in a seven-game format knockout. Could that be the thing that costs you Unai Simón trying to play like that, or could it be just the height of Pickford just can't get to the goal? So, like, do you put Nick Pope in? And I, I, I actually I would I put Nick Pope in purely just for his size over Jordan Pickford. And unfortunately, he made Pope, when he got his chance to UEFA Nations League, he made a mess up there. And I think that putting into that conversation that he's been going well for Newcastle could have happened. So essentially what I'm saying is I'm not going to criticise Southgate for playing the way he plays because maybe, you know, that's the way he does. He's conservative and it might pay out for them in, in England in this game. Keep it tight. Eventually get the better of Senegal, maybe from a set piece. But... I don't see it being enough against France when you think, if they do meet France in the quarterfinal and then back I don't see it being enough to win the World Cup, whether it's Pickford, whether it's Southgate's approach. um. So the bet I'd give you for this match anyways, and it's team news dependent, but there is definitely, I think, an angle there. We've seen Kyle Walker come back in at fullback, which means that Kieran Trippier is on the bench, which means set pieces are up for grabs. Harry Kane doesn't take the free kicks, but Marcus Rashford, after the goal, if he's on the pitch, if he starts and trippier's is on the bench, have a look at Rashford shots and shots on target because there's bookmakers will not react quick enough. The proportion of shots that they'll give Rashford won't take into account that he'll be on the free kicks with Trippier on the bench. Or if Rashford doesn't start and he comes on in play, that will carry through into the in-play models and you'll have value there in Rashford and gets on the pitch and Trippier isn't. So the tip for this game is Rashford shots, shots on target and definitely won't put anyone off having a look at Maguire on set pieces.
0: Now, are we going to see Harry Maguire troddle into the penalty area and nail a header? We shall see. This football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. Teas and sees in the description, 18 plus, see gambleaware.org. France lost what was, for them, a dead rubber against Tunisia, the take on a Poland team that was fairly underwhelming, and that's being kind in the group stage. Uh, Jason, what was your take on all of those changes that Didier Deschamps made to his team? Because does it matter, really? He's rested some key players. They won the group anyway. Does it matter?
3: I think, I'm glad to say that it it doesn't matter the fact that... um, Australia went and got a win and Tunisia didn't get in through because of the fact of France playing a weakened team. There could have been a really awful sad story there if Tunisia get through because they're beating a weakened French team. I don't like seeing things like that play out in the World Cup, but that's not Deschamps' concern or worry. And like he picks whatever he thinks is best for France. And I think the performance was awful, so it probably helps and it makes it a bit easier. It's easy for him to turn around and if any players are kicking up a fuss saying I should be starting, well, you had your chance and you didn't take it, so good luck um he, he'll pick his best 11 to, to come back in they'll be fresh and the fact they're playing on a sunday as well it, it will have a compounding effect which is a positive for france the way the games you know the rest between games between now and the final it's just again that another small little bit of a percent that goes in france's favor the players are fresh in now for the last 16 and they'll have more days rest than any any team the way the draw will play out um you know time wise and stuff they'll, they'll be in a better position as as it progresses even have a couple of hours extra rest whether it's England or Senegal that come through to meet them the next game. Um so yeah I think it was it was fine what the French did. Um you know I'm sure the champs learned a lot from it but like we're going to see their best their best players here and we're going to see Mbappé run right I think against Poland. Poland absolutely Fortunate, I think, to be where they are. And I say they're fortunate because if you remember that Saudi Arabia slipped to Lewandowski in for that goal, how crucial that goal proved to be in terms of Poland getting out of the group. Very fortunate that way. I think we've, we've spoken about goalkeepers. I think Chesney, you can't say it's fortunate when a goalkeeper makes the saves he does, especially from the penalties, especially from the messy penalty. Like you make your own luck too. It's maybe not fortunate there. It was a brilliant save. Um, but I just can't see Poland going any further against this French team. And um, Chesney is actually 11 to 1 in the Golden Glove at the moment. Um, would be a shout if they came through this, but you could back Poland 7 to 1 to qualify. I'd rather just back that. Um, and because he's not going to win it unless the get through. But really, yeah. Mbappe, like I said, I spoke about um, on Saturday's part of Kuna, the joy he got down the left hand side. Um, Mbappe, like he's, he's just going to have a feel there down that side, I think. So France, all Against France mighty, positive, mighty
0: cash? Surely not
3: yeah uh <laughs> it's nice to be nice um i know i think he's good he is he's good for villain stuff he does a job yeah. yeah yeah um i don't think he's he hasn't i'm pretty sure hasn't come up against Mbappe yet so we'll, we'll see how that plays out um but just looking at this side of the draw spoke about on the saturday pod the each way value is absolutely there in france if it's still available 11 to 2 france each way is definitely a bet no disregards to england no disrespect to poland the side of the draw i fully expect france to get to the semi-finals and there's each to a value definitely france 11 to 2 the outright
0: and france in the semi-final could end up with spain right spain have ended up in there doesn't that put you off aren't you now jason sanchez murphy aren't you
3: see <laughs> <laughs> si, señor uh no yeah. <laughs> absolutely um look we're all about value like we'll always we'll always That's be it. aware of our cognitive biases and that 11 to 2 on france is, is value Hopefully Spain get to the semi-final. What a semi-final that would be. Um, but there's value just on that side of the draw. And you have to park your biases too as well. I, I watch a lot of La Liga. And I, I think I said this maybe pre recording one of the days. Like Any of us that do write-ups or you research any of your teams, you always come away thinking, "Wow, that team's incredible. They're world beaters. But it's having to be able to park that cognitive bias yeah. and be objective. And France at 11-2, even with Spain on that side of the draw, uh, there's definitely value in that price each way.
0: It's entirely possible that I've now and again got overexcited about Germany. Uh, Stinch, w- what do you make of this one? Because, uh, I mean, there seem to be real weaknesses in that Polish team. Kamil Glick, bless him, seems to play like he's 400 years old. I mean, there, there, there's a worry there. Is there is going to cause all kinds of problems?
2: Yeah. Uh, firstly, I just wanted to uh, finish off on Jason's England point. Sorry, I should have interjected before, but I couldn't find the price. But I found it now. He's talking very uh, excitedly about Marcus Rashford. He's 2.9 to score, but Rashford score outside the area 16 to 1. So if he is on free wow. kicks, that, that's quite chunky. He scored three goals this season from outside the area, so it doesn't have to be f- necessarily free kicks. But yeah, this Polish team are terrible. Um, they're conceding 17 shots per game, uh, averaging just 33% possession in a group containing Mexico, who are also terrible, and Saudi Arabia, who can go from fantastic to the oh, complete awfulness so that's uh that's terrible I um, mean just look at them in general they're just ridiculously passive aren't they uh, I don't think it's any surprise the manager came in in January I think he's just looked at it and gone well if we can keep 10 men behind the ball and then hope that Lewandowski does a bit of magic we can get through and they I mean they absolutely like flute their way through haven't they because in that Argentina game they were they were losing 2-0 on the verge of, of going out with conceding another one or if Mexico got another one. It was completely out of their hands. They weren't doing anything to try and fix it. They weren't attacking. They were just crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. Um, and I think that's essentially what, they, what they're going to do here. Um, you look at the prices as well. Uh, Argentina were 4-9 to uh, against Poland. And you think, okay, so France, probably similar ability to Argentina, should be a similar price. Absolutely no chance. France France are into 2-9. to nine, And that's purely down to the fact that Poland have been terrible. Uh, not France being amazing. France have been good, don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't say France have been uh, amazingly better than Argentina, for example. Um, and you look, obviously, long term, uh, which is what you have to do with, with pricing. And you'd say France and Argentina are on a similar level. That's uh, perfectly played out by their their outright odds as well. So yeah Poland are terrible and uh, don't let anyone tell you that they're not and obviously Mbappe is a superstar. So it's how, how can we make that 2-9 to nine pay? Um, I've actually come up with a 14-1 to one shot as my best bet in this game which I'm quite excited about. Um, If you look at France's goals in this tournament so far, they've scored six. All have come from crosses. Uh, You look at the game against, um, in the opening game against Australia, Teo Hernandez got down the flank. Um, Griezmann put one in for Mbappe against Denmark. Uh, Dembele great one.
0: cross, yeah,
2: yeah. Dembele cross for Mbappe to score header, uh, etc. So all six have come from crosses. You look at the odds for these guys to get an assist. You've got Mbappe at two to one, Dembele at six to four. Uh, you look back to the fullbacks, maybe try and get a bigger price. Teo Hernandez is only twenty three to ten. Pavard is only twenty three to ten. But do we think Pavard starts? Kev at right back.
0: Well, he seems to be out of favour, really. Um, I think Koundé's played out there, hasn't he? I'm not 100%. I mean, Pavel's form's not been great, to be fair. And yeah, I'm, I'm not totally... And he's not the most attacking anyway, to be fair.
2: I mean, Pavard against Australia for that opening goal was absolutely hilarious, right? Where where is he running? He <laughs> runs to the runs to the edge of the set, a box yeah. in the middle <laughs> when the, when the guy that he's marking just comes in at the back and scores. Yeah, I think Jules Kunde is going to start a right back, and he's an enormous fourteen to one to get an assist. Wow, which I think is absolutely yeah massive. Uh, he he's can no-
0: play. He's he's a proper player as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's playing right back for Barcelona at times, so there's uh, obviously Xavi trusting him. Um, He's got no assists for France, but he's only played four times at right back for France, so I'm happy to kind of ignore that. For Barcelona this season, he's played four times at right back. He's got two assists, which both came against Sevilla, so not exactly an easy game, Sevilla away. Uh, One was a through ball, the other was a, a header from a corner, so he's a threat in multiple areas. He had 75 touches against Denmark in his in his only start so far, and only Hernandez and Tuchemani touched it more. So it gives you an idea of how France play, who they like to go through. So they're going to go through the, the central midfield, deep lying playmaker, and then also out to the fullbacks. Uh, nearly half of his touches came in the opposition's half against Denmark. and Obviously, Denmark a decent team, so you can see he likes to get forward and, and be a threat. And you look at McAllister's goal for for Argentina against Poland. That was an assist from a right back, cut back from a, from the byline. So, yeah, when you've got uh, other full-backs priced at twenty three to ten, I think Jules Kounde is an excellent bet at fourteen to one if he does start at right back.
0: That does sound exciting, Mark. What do you make of this one?
1: Well, it's hard to follow that after Stinch puts up a fourteen to one shot. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, France. Clearly are contenders, challengers, whatever you want to call them. But um, I still want to see more from them, in all honesty. Uh, The first game against Australia should be a gimme. They started sloppily, then obviously blitzed them in the second half and then came into the... Competition And then played you know, pretty well against Denmark to a, a dreadful Denmark, it should be said as well, and then played the second team against Tunisia. So, you know, there were a lot of doubts about France coming into the competition. Um, we still haven't seen whether those doubts, uh, you know, are warranted really because the first choice midfield is missing. You no know, Benzema. I think they'll be fine without Benzema. There's such a an array of quality forwards they have there, but um, they're not really going to be tested here either because Poland just have turned up not to play football at all. Um, just no ambition in that team right now, which is sad, really. Uh, their shot tallies read 6, 9 and 4. They've conceded 50 shots, 36 in the box. Needs to save penalties, but take the penalties out and you look at the, the non-penalty XG figures. Poland are performing in terms of the, the bottom six in the whole competition uh, across three games and they're averaging 0.84 non-penalty expected goals less than their opposition on a per-game basis. So if they were playing in the Premier League, they'd be in the bottom three. Um it's pretty dreadful, really, and Lewandowski's just been completely isolated. They win the ball back and just hoof it forward and just hope it gets anywhere near him. Um, it's, it's not exactly Bayern and Barca, is it? <laughs> it's it's stinking the place out, and it's a shame, really, because I was thinking, this Poland team, they've got more ability than they're showing. Like Zielinski, obviously, the, the, the secondary person to Lewandowski you look towards. Milik's not played a huge amount from the bench. Um, but I looked at their squad before the show and there is ability in that squad Szymanski at fi- final is going to go on to bigger and better things as well um, you've got um, Kaminski at, at Wolfsburg he's a good um, player Szymanski yeah. as well at a- AEK you know there's players there who have ability um, Sokovsky as well for Um, but we're just not seeing him and you know as Tim said in that final game they had absolutely no interest in playing football at all it's just let's count down the count down the minutes and get move on to the next match and yeah, I don't think you can afford to do that against France. Even if you defend deep, the players like Mbappe are just going to rip you to shreds. So um, I found this one really difficult to try and find a best bet. So just happy to cheer on what the guys have got here. Um, 14 to 1 shot sounds sounds good to me. Worth
0: bearing in mind, you can get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on selected World Cup matches. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. That's all we have time for on this edition yeah.
3: Just to finish on a positive note. Okay, I know yes, very go bad on on, Jason, go on
0: then.
3: When was the last time a Manchester United player, Marcus Rashford this time, obviously, last time a Manchester United player scored three goals in a World Cup for England?
0: Oh, Beckham? No? I said we'd end on a positive note. A guess. Uh,
2: Rooney. Mark?
0: <laughs> I'm stumped. <laughs> What He's what done. a brilliant expert panel we are. Go on then, Jason. Bobby Charlton in sixty-six.
2: <laughs> ah, there we go. There we go. Wonderful. This, did Sheringham score three at the Euros? In
3: ninety-six? Yeah. Fair chance for. Yeah, I know in terms of World Cup last time, Manchester yeah. United.
0: Not sure, was Sheringham at United at that time. Yeah,
1: was he at Spurs then?
0: Okay, I've lost control of this entirely. That's all we have time for (laughs) on this edition of World Cup Only Better. It really is. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight that trottles its way into your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. From Stinch, from Jason, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.